So I know we, I know AD I know I know we only got you for a limited time um, episode. Uh, well, first off, I just want to start this episode by saying Happy Juneteenth. Ah, word, word. <laughs> Favorite uh, app, bro. Building. We got you, Mike. Yeah, it's funny. Isn't Juneteenth now like a holiday? A lot of these companies. Yo, but that's the crazy thing. Um, so, so we got AD, and we got my man Easy Rose out here. The, you know, the funny thing is, when I, when, I saw, when I saw the email from my job come through, um, I actually started doing research, and I think only, I don't have the, the, the exact states, but I think only five states don't recognize Juneteenth as a holiday. Um, and it's not like a national holiday. I guess it's like one of those things that you can give it or not. Yeah, floating holiday. So, you know, I guess, I guess uh, I want to start this pod by saying um, everyone has Google, but <laughs> people who are listening may not know what Juneteenth is. Funny enough, I, learned, I, think, I, I think the first time I heard about Juneteenth was from that Atlanta episode. Really? I think that was the first time. I mean, I think I heard about it before, but I think the first time I seen it in like mainstream media and was like, oh shit, like, this is funny. Um, well, I guess Atlanta episode did its job, huh? Yeah, I, I feel like I heard it before then, but like that, like Atlanta episode was definitely the first time, like I like it stuck in my mind. I was like, oh shit. Um, but yeah, for those listening, um, I'll put this article in our um notes. But basically, uh, June nineteenth was the announcement that came two years after Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation uh, in, uh, in 1863. Um, basically, there were 250,000 enslaved people in Texas who were free, but they just didn't get the message. So yeah, they didn't know. So yeah, so, it's, so basically it's an important holiday. Um, and it's important to recognize that sometimes that I think to me, it's important to recognize because information is key and important. And if you don't have information, you will be ill-informed. Um, yeah. uh, you guys got any plans? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Only thing I say to that is like, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. However, I mean, there were still slaves in America after that. And there's still slaves in America now. Like if you look at the prison system, I feel like they just call in another name. So, I mean, on one point, yeah, on paper, I get it. But, like, yo, we still got a ways to go. Like, I mean, what, the 13th Amendment basically says that if you go to jail, I got to go back and refresh myself on it. You're basically <laughs> a slave. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, um, I don't know. You know, I got a mixed, mixed feelings about that. Just because, like, on paper, he has called one thing. But in reality, you know, yeah. it's a it's 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 still slavery. We just call it something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's slavery rebranded. Um. All right. So, last part we talked about a lot of uh, heavy stuff. 
which you know, which is natural because of what's going on. I got some ad stuff that I wanted to bring up. Uh, a little bit. Some of the, I guess some of this is should you care, but um, for some of y'all, this is a little bit old, but uh, still good news. Facebook bought Giphy, so you know. I guess my question is, how do you guys feel about Facebook buy, purchasing something as big as Giphy? Um, they bought it for 400 mil, which actually sounds kind of low, I think. I mean, if you think about where people get gifts from, it sounds kind of low. I mean, low is, that's relative, though. It's like, Giphy is not shipping a physical product. So, shit, that's a sweet-ass deal, if you ask me. Well, that's true. But also, I mean... It, I guess my, I guess is Facebook monopolizing? I mean, they have Instagram. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Come on, bro. This is America, man. Come on, come on, Tony. How Tony many Ad Rose episodes have you done, bro? You've been a producer of this since we started. Where did Rose tell you? Living in America. Yeah, the, the theme of America is to dominate, bro. God you heard what your president said? He want the he want the military to dominate the protesters. So nah, it's. This is American as American Pie, man. Yeah, he's, you know, this idea that Facebook literally is the internet. Well, yeah. <laughs> Facebook and Google and Amazon, bro. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> companies, bro. I mean, not even Apple is the internet, but a lot of people use their devices, right? right. Um, but yeah, nah, man. Here's the thing. Yo, yeah, it, it makes sense for them to buy it. Doesn't make sense, right? Does it like pushes out the small guy? I don't even know who the small guy is now, no more, to be honest with you. Because the small guys want to be part of the big guys. And Giphy, I mean, you can natively use it on like most phones. But um, I mean, let's be honest, Giphy was just stealing fucking artwork anyway, right? Right? Some tech company out of Silicon Valley or wherever the fuck they're located, they literally don't create content, right? The content that's created. It's either repurposed content from like other, you know, IP content creators, whether they're filmmakers or illustrators, or whatever. It, it just allows people to take shit that's already out there, whether it's their own personal photos or shit that's already on the internet, and animate it and allow you to send it to your friends and you give all that shit. So I just feel like that's easy as money. So fuck them. You know, if they want to be a part of a big global company like that, that's prerogative, man. I don't give a shit. But I just think it's funny, though, that companies that are literally creating nothing are getting big checks to do nothing. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. I think what's most in what's more interesting for me is just, like, a lot of the people who are actually um, might have gone viral by posting something on social media uh, via Facebook or Instagram, like, mm -hmm. and they've turned into gifts. Like, what's the payout for those people? Is there a Zero. payout? Because, like, you know, they post it as public domain. And you, and then we've talked about this, like, giving your content away for free. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's a... Now you see the value when they put a dollar value behind it. Now, right. like, oh, shit. Like, damn. These people, I'm getting shared everywhere. I'm seeing myself everywhere. And now it's like... Damn, I didn't even get paid for none of that. But they're not of that. Off of me, so honestly, that that's a good point because I wanted to like. Funny enough, I was watching. I was on this Twitter thread, and it was, um, it was people posting clips from the wire that became gifts. And I just and I just to your point, I just wanted to like, yo, like, as an actor, is there a, 
I mean, technically Gippy isn't film, so I mean, like, I mean, this gets into like producer nerd talk, but it's like, can SAG? It's a moving image. It's a moving SAG, image. Can SAG hit them with fees? Because like, I, you took my image from this show, and it's been shared a million times. So I need ten percent of whatever ad dollars, whatever you know, whatever, or ten percent. Yeah. You know, how do you how do you quantify it? Is it like streaming numbers? You'd be like, ah, right, you get ten cents. Yeah every time it could, it could be and like so i think that's even like a different conversation that's a really good conversation right but i'm just more so talking about the people like the re everyday people oh, the every like day. you <laughs> and it's like you know like the little you ever see the little kid and um he's in a car with his mom and he's like where we about to eat at right like that little kid oh, right it's like i mean now i know he's been able to he, he's been able to get interviews he's like an influencer now um i think that exploiting him but that's another conversation but like you know this kid is gonna share it everywhere and he's a gift he's a gif gift, yeah gif, whatever so i mean well i would give gif i don't own either <laughs> one of those names so i, I give i care less yeah right um some more facebook news facebook this is again a little old but uh still relevant i thought it was interesting that um during the pandemic facebook and instagram started rolling out um shops and turning they were turning small businesses and business profiles uh into storefronts on instagram i noticed it on instagram mostly but like basically um during the pandemic i think you could buy items from a small business um through instagram i'm not really sure about facebook because i'm not on it but like i assume they did the same thing um what else a, 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 two other things and then um i have a i have a, a big topic to ask you guys about um twitter again a little old but still relevant twitter added a fact check to trump's tweets which i thought was funny yeah i saw that about time a little troll in there um <laughs> and then he turned around and and did his thing right you know made it where anybody can sue these social media companies yeah of course because he's petty he's from, he petty as fuck he's man from he's from queens right <laughs> i mean we don't claim him but yeah ah uh, tony <laughs> and then and then i read this article that was pretty interesting uh talking about the future of film which i thought um what was was interesting because because if you think about the future of commercials and film like I, I guess the question for you guys is what does advertising look like moving forward because i think it's interesting that if you think about shoots and, and content stuff we had to create a lot of times there were all these line items of people and things you need, but a lot of people have been able to create and get things out the door without those people. So it's just like, mm -hmm. is the future look like, do you cut back on, 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 on people you need on set or, or, or to create things? Or do you invest and double down and be like, you know what, that was just, that was just what we did because we had to do it. But now we got to go back to, uh, back to the regularly scheduled programming. I know, man, as a creator and as a designer, advertising uh, in terms of producing content is, in my opinion, going to be mostly driven by either media buys or strategies at this point. Because the days of just creating campaigns for the sake of something that looks cool, I think those days are over. You know what I'm saying? So I just think the future of advertising is going to be 100% driven off user engagement, metrics, and media placement. Like, it's funny. It's always the, the swinging of the pendulum. Like, you know, 
we always have agencies. We always have initiatives either creatively driven at first, and then it was always, you know, then it swing over to like, oh, it's media driven. And I think now it's going to be somewhere in, the tw in between because let's be honest, a creator now can literally can launch a campaign that can compete with any ad agency literally from their phone, right? And it don't have to be some visceral, highly produced content. It can be just enough cool content that captures somebody's attention. And that's all that matters. Hey, we just talked about Jiffy, Giffy, however you want to pronounce it. I mean, let's be honest. That, that's a mechanism for advertising, you know, creating GIFs or memes or whatever. Yeah, that can destroy any, you know, multi-million dollar campaign within seconds. And it's cheap. It's zero cost margin to even make those type of things. Because so they tap into emotions. Yeah, that's it. That's so, all advertising is. That's all it is. It's an emotion. And it's in a moment of time, right? You know, whatever you sell in that moment of time, or emotion, it's, it's just that simple. Like, we saw the, um, like, all these different things put out now around Black Lives Matter. And, you know, going riding through New York, I saw all, like, the digital billboards, street billboards, literally just had a black square with names on it. Like, it takes zero amount of time to produce that. Yet, to your point, uh, Rose, it's highly emotional, right? It has a certain level of impact that some over-the-top, multi-million dollar, shoot, produce, whatever piece, just won't have that level of impact no more. Like, people just can see through the fluff. So I know from a creative standpoint, the creative in advertising now, I think is most of them to come from the people, or a robot. <laughs> I can definitely see it coming from a robot. Yeah. Oh, you created records. Your job's a fuck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> AI, that's why they're recording everything, man. Ten yeah. years ago. It's just like, they're going to be like, all right, we know how to make this. Um, What about I you? How to make coffee. You got any, you got any thoughts? Because I was going to jump to something else. No, nah, we could jump to something else. I think that was well said. So, speaking of the future of things, um, concerts. Um, specifically, uh, I got a list of all the, not all, actually, I might be missing one or two, all the versus battles that have been going on Instagram. So you got, um, so let me go through the quick list real quick. You got Jill Scott versus Erica Badu. You got RZA versus Premier. Um, Lil that was John, a great one. Lil John E-Pain. Timbaland versus Swiss Beats, which I think was the first one. Um, the Dream versus Sean Garrett. Boy Wonder versus Hit Boy, Janta versus Neo, Teddy Riley. Neo had a, he had one? Yeah. I missed that one. Uh, Teddy Riley, that was early, early on. Teddy Riley versus Babyface. Uh, that was epic. Nelly versus <laughs> Chris, Manny Fresh versus Scott Storch, and Fred Hammond versus Kirk Franklin. Beanie Man and Bouncy Killer. Oh, yeah. Beanie Man and Bouncy Killer. Beanie uh, Man talked the police down during the whole versus live. <laughs> The police literally bum-rushed them, and he talked them down like, yo, the world is looking. Can we not do this right now? You don't want like, to be that guy. You don't want to be that. Yo, he said that with those <laughs> words. Like, yo, genius dude, if you're able to talk down the police with just a mic and a camera, kudos to you, Beanie Man. And yo, you saw how Bouncy Killer just eased off the camera? He like, yo, I don't know smoke. I'm, yeah, I, don't I know probably smoke. got warrants and shit. <laughs> So, so what do y'all think about the future of uh, entertainment? I mean, like, I guess, first off, what were your favorite versus battles? And then from there, what do you think of the future of, uh, of like, this type of entertainment? Um, people streaming, tuning in the streaming versus, like, going in person. Um, 
All right, I guess I'll kick it off. Like, I think my favorite one, like, the one I enjoyed the most was uh, RZA and Premiere. Um, that was good. Like, I grew up on for a lot of that stuff, right? So, like, that meant a lot New to York. me. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, he, although Premiere is not from New York, he's from Texas, but, like, he, he's, he's embedded in the culture in Brooklyn right. and New York. So, like, yo, he, he's, he's one of us. <laughs> um, but, no, so I, I, I just really think that, um, you know, it, it just becomes the conversation of just kind of like owning some of those platforms. Like, yes, we, we were able to get it done on Instagram through like verses. Yeah, but like, it's like, okay, we know we've actually made lives um, interesting. Cause like, I was never interested in seeing people's lives. Like I really never really cared. Um, so now it's like, okay, we know that we can do this. We have, we have everyone's attention. We've grabbed, grabbed uh, the audience. Now, how do we take it to the next step where we could just kind of like own this and open up our own platform for it? So, yeah, well, like uh, to your point, Rose, it's kind of like again, like if you if you take all the content off IG, like IG literally is a wireframe. That's all it is. Like that's how well designed it is. Like their user experience doesn't get in the way of the user experience, which is the content itself. That said, it's like. Most of the time when Instagram does have some type of tipping point or like some type of like, um, you know, uptick in their user engagement, where it's going to be when they first brought stories to Instagram or when you can do videos or do whatever, it's always usually around either youth oriented culture or black culture, right? So the stories came from Snapchat, they stole that. And then, but the live, you know, they obviously came from like Periscope, you copy and Periscope, right? So, but it just seemed to me that every time those different functions of IG specifically have a tipping point or the user engagement goes up, it's usually through our culture or the youth culture. So IG Live literally is us. It's us. It's black people, right? Nothing against anybody else, but ain't nobody watching no Limp Biscuit or no, like, you know, Eminem battle each other, right? That, nobody's going to watch that. Zero, right? They're just not. I just, just, just keep it above, right? So even when we had like, you know, Babyface and Taylor Ryder who have no clue how IG really worked, they still broke IG through the engagement. And then, you know, RZA uh, and Primo was dope. I loved Badu. And it, after a while, it became less of like, you know, a versus and more like, here's two artists that we respect and they're just gonna go back and forth and play the music and we're gonna conversate about it on Twitter, another platform we don't own, but our engagement still pushes it. So I just feel like, to your point, Rose, if it had been great if this could have lived somewhere else. But the problem with like putting it somewhere else, it's like IG versus they almost can't even exist without each other. Like, mm -hmm. could you do versus on title? Yeah, you could. But I don't know if you title has that user experience like Insta Stories. I just don't. So also, it's tricky, man. Also, That's also, a really good point. That's a really good point, too, because, um, like, me just thinking about it, it's, like, it's another step. And I think we're in, the, we're in this world right now where it's, like, all right, I know Instagram. I know Instagram works. Like, I don't want to – you might uh, promote it on Instagram, but I don't want to have to go to another app, hit another button, you know, just to see this thing. It's, like, why – from a consumer standpoint, it's, like, why can't it all just live in one place? So, I mean, yeah, right. I definitely agree with your point. No, I agree. But, hey, I, I say this, though. What Badu did, 
that I think that the rest of them could learn from. Like once her and Jill's uh, verses ended, she literally had you all go join her live concert on her website that's off Instagram. And you literally can like watch her do a live performance from her home, as well as the network of people that was in, like that's part of her whole cipher. And you literally can donate um, through Cash App from her site to these people, these different DJs, yep. different musicians. And you can donate directly to Erica too and buy her merch all from her website. So she was capturing the user engagement. She had some chat going on and selling merch all directly from her site. So what she did that I thought was ingenious, she used stories, so she used IG Live slash Versus to push people to her own property. And she engaged you in that manner because as a musician right now, she can't tour. So I thought she was genius with that. Yep. Sure. Great. I think also too, I don't have the numbers, but I think every person who's either their social profile has gone up and also I think their uh, streaming numbers have gone up too. Cause I think of course. Yeah. Facebook on the internet, bro. Yeah. They need to coach it. Now you have my guy, 8% Teddy. 8% Teddy, that's my guy, man. Teddy Riley and his and his his devices on 8%, that shit was hilarious. Yo, that is hilarious, right? <laughs> oh, it's like, bro, I was gonna, all thing you got to do is just plug it in. Yeah, exactly. I was going to Like, you knew you were going to do this. Like, you, you didn't right. know that you were going to, like, do this battle. That shit was crazy. You know, that'd make a good, uh, that would have been, like, a really good, like, campaign for Samsung, like, yeah, he probably using an iPhone. That's why he shit on eight percent. You use iPhone, <laughs> you can do the whole verses without even worrying about charging. Yo, he kept saying, cut a check. He kept saying my phone is on eight percent. It's on eight percent. You know that was an iPhone. Yeah. Um, oh hell yeah! Also, I was gonna add to uh, Ad. You said something about all the all the stuff that um, in terms of uh, verses, like I think also like content. A lot of content came from that too because you got gifts that were made. Yeah. So there's a lot that that happened with that. And the Twitter, yo, truth be told, most of the engagement was on Twitter. Besides IG stories, the funny memes and sharing of, like, the Jonin and the playing the dozens around, like, the whole engagement of all the verses, all that was on Twitter, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about it, too, I think the really, really cool thing about, like, what Beanie Man and Bounty Killer was able to do is like they they really brought it back to like you know, their culture. That one because was one. They they really brought it back to their culture because like if you go back, like they've had clashes in the nineties. Yeah. So like they in Jamaica they have the clash and they're both there and they're um you know they 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 um expressing their talents and and going back and forth. So the fact that they both were in a room, they kind of like paid homage to the, the, the tradition of like being a Jamaican artist and like having that clash at war. So I thought that that was really cool. Yeah, I thought it was dope, bro. It, and they just like, you know, they said, fuck it, we here. We on Jamaica, we gonna run, we gonna run it. So it's gonna be a Jamaican thing, but it was it was truly dope, man. It was yeah. it was that clash thing you talked about. It was just, yeah. it's, and that's hip hop. That's very hip hop. You know, hip hop comes from Jamaican Caribbean culture. So nah, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah, sure. Those I, are my top three. Those are my top three. So I wish we had our Chicago Goians here to represent, but they couldn't make it. Um, but we can't end this pod without talking about the last dance. 
Um, huh. So ain't I, that something we're talking about? Man, I'm sick. I, I love my Chicago, bro. I'm, I'm sick of them two cats. It's like you guys got six rings. You got the greatest player that ever played the game in modern times, probably ever. They made a a, a ten part documentary about that era, and it's kind of like you don't even want to be here to talk about. Come on, man. Come on. I mean, you got family stuff you got to deal with. I mean, maybe, nah, no, I'm just talking shit. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do a part two to this. But I guess the question, I guess, I guess, there's some things to highlight. Um, what were some of your favorite parts of the documentary uh, series? And like, did you learn? I guess the question is, did you learn anything new uh, about Jordan uh, and and his and his trials and tribulations? What are your thoughts? Um, so for me. I don't think it was much like so I caught a bit of that like when I was growing up I seen Jordan win his rings um especially like the last three but there's not much I could say that I learned I mean I think the difference now is I really understood how petty Jordan is just due to reality that like all right now with you know he has everyone's attention we're all home um by way of the pandemic and it's like this conversation between him and LeBron so now it's like oh what a perfect time to well, everyone's at home to put this documentary out, right? So, like, I'm like, my God, like, this dude is so petty, right? And then um, also just, you know, this is the first time, like, we've actually heard him speak about, like, anything like this. Because this was supposed to be about the Bulls, and the documentary almost became about him, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, we live in an era now where any celebrity, like, they're celebrities, but they're kind of, like, a part of our everyday experience because we can go on Instagram. We could go on live, we could see them on stories, Twitter, we could hear their opinions. I think back in those days, it was like when you see Michael Jordan, or if you ever had a chance to see Michael Jordan, it was like once in a lifetime experience for most people. It's like seeing Michael Jackson, right? So I think if Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson was more so into the Instagram, Facebook era, it wouldn't have the same impact. I'm not saying that they still wouldn't be great, but it's just like, if I feel like, you know, if I saw Michael Jordan all the time, all the time, it would just take a little bit away from him yeah. for me. Right. You know what I mean? So right. but I, I, I will kind of jump into like, I think that the, the best thing that I did learn um, is two things I learned. I didn't really know that the Bulls could have really came back in 99. And like, get another one. Right. To get another one. But there was that conversation with Phil Jackson and he's saying, hey, you know, when he walked into the office and. Um, general manager was like, hey, man, like, I don't care if you win, if you go 80 and 0 and win a championship, you're not coming back. So, like, I never knew that. Like, I had no idea about that. But the thing I did appreciate about Jordan, the shit when he was talking about how, like, winning has a price, I thought that that was deep. He's like, you know, winning has a price. Either this is the way I play. If you don't like it, you don't have, like, you know, then we don't have to play that way. You don't have to be a part of this. But the winning has a price. I thought that that shit was like, I, I like that. I like that mindset. I, I thought it was funny that um, about the whole pizza thing that he potentially got poisoned. I thought that was wow. Pizza game. game. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hold on, what? They put egg slices in his pizza or some shit? But but the um, thing is, real quick, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But the one thing I was gonna say about that is, like, you would have thought they would have had the pizza shop, the pizza, like. I was surprised that they didn't have more info on that being 2020, you know, but. Well, it happened so long ago, right? So, yeah, you know, nobody's not going to say that, yeah, I poisoned Michael Jordan. Like, 
Who's going to say that, even if you did it, right? But then again, we are in 2020, and people chase clout. So I'm sure somebody somewhere is legally figuring out a way to tell that story, and it becomes content and a meme and a gif and a gif or whatever, or something that's going to happen on IG Live, whatever, right? Um, I do, another thing I found out was kind of funny is, you know, Jordan's petty, but then not just Jordan is petty, other cats in the industry that we never heard from are equally as petty. They just didn't get the startup, like a Gary Payton, right? Yeah. Like, like, let's be real. Ain't nobody talking about Gary Payton unless you like a diehard basketball fan. None of nobody is talking about Gary Payton. Yet Gary Payton felt compelled to talk about how he locked Jordan up. But okay, but Gary, you didn't win six rings, right? Locked him up. Nah, man. And what was another one? Um, you know. Like Horace Grant being called a snitch. I thought that was hilarious. Um, the biggest thing that we all talked about on the uh, text thread, though, is funny. These guys mentioned everybody from John Paxton to like second level members of the team that we know, I knew nothing about, to be honest with you. But they didn't even mention Craig Hodges. Yeah. Like, what's up with that? Well, we know it's up, but what's up? Now, I, th- I thought that was really important. Like, I, I was a little um, – I mean, honestly, I was young, and I, I didn't really watch – I knew about Space Jam. And I knew he won, but I didn't really watch NBA when I was that young. But um, I, I thought it was disappointing, when, especially when um, Colfax mentioned Craig Hodges and his story and, you know, what he contributed to activism in the Bulls. And oh, yeah. I think, I think it was bullshit. Uh, yeah. I didn't mention it. Yep. I mean, ultimately, I think this is really for like a lot of the younger people who didn't have an opportunity to see Jordan play or really hear him talk about his game. Um, you know, it's one of those things, if you live through it, you, you understand, you have a greater understanding. But, like, I have, like, younger cousins who, yeah, they consume Air Jordan, uh, like, apparel. And they've never seen Jordan play. They might have seen a few highlights, but it's like, you know, you don't even understand the, the, the level of greatness and even seeing Jordan at his apex. Like, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just a different world. So, like, he just came back to show everybody why he is the guy still, even yeah. after he's been retired, like, almost, like, 20 years. But, but the funny thing is, I think, I think even though they didn't add it, the Greg, if they did a Greg Hodges piece, that would have been so relevant to now, crazy enough. Like, with Patrick, bless you, bless you with everything that's going on. Um, but, yo, uh, we got nine minutes, but uh, let me just say two things that I learned um, from the doc is uh, I was shocked and also um, – I want to say shocked, but I was impressed with how he motivated himself because even though some people might say, yo, that's petty – uh, and there was a lot of memes about, like, oh, like, Patrick Ewan saying, like, yo, have a good game. And then Jordan, like, reinterpreting that as him talking shit and then him busting his ass, you know. Sorry, Ewan. Um, yeah, he had to create that enemy. That's that's, that's... – I, I love that. I love how he created in his mind an enemy and, a, and something to motivate him to push him to win. And I thought that was dope. Um, no, and, the sure. second thing, and the second thing that um, I feel like was – maybe a fallacy that I used to hear over the years that um, they said that Jordan never went to a game seven where I think in his last championship game versus uh, Utah, um, 
he went to a game seven. So that was the only other thing because I thought I felt like I heard a lot of people say, "Yo, Jordan never went to a game seven. He never went in to the game finals. Seven. In the finals, people Final. were saying." Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, well, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll um, so I'll take that back. But yeah, man, I mean, I love seeing Rodman's story. My, Rodman man, is my, my, man, my man's probably started load management, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Rodman started a lot of shit, bro. Like, he is, he was ahead of his time, bro. He was yeah. definitely ahead of his time. Um, and Pippen, too. I thought, honestly, I thought, um, you know, I was a little surprised that I thought Pippen would have stepped up a little bit more being, you know, second in command. So I was kind of surprised seeing some, I mean, I, I mean, that's the way they showed it in the documentary, but the way they told his story, I thought he would have like did more to kind of like push the team a little bit when Jordan wasn't there. But, no. Yeah. I think there's some conversations about people not liking how they were depicted in the documentary too. Like I think Pippen was one of those guys of saying like they really didn't appreciate how, you know, them as a player in their career was kind of positioned because it's all about narrative, right? So it's like, you know, and now it's Jordan, exactly. Like Jordan, um, yeah, like Pippen was a really good player, but you know, we know Jordan is the, the leader, and then we have to kind of like nitpick at times when Scotty was either selfish or something like that. Like I, I don't think Pippen really appreciated that because he was a major contribution to all those championships. Why are you saying even Jordan said, you know? Without Pippen, we just wouldn't win them. And Pippen can probably say the same because Jordan left for two years and they didn't go to the championship. So, I mean, if Pippen was like the, like the, the myth, that, that component that allowed these guys to win these championships, then Jordan is the reason why they got to the championships, right? So you need to have both, bro. It's, it's, it's truly a, a dynamic. But unfortunately, Pippen ain't Jordan. That's true. Oh, it and, is what it is. And one of the... And, Ain't nobody Jordan, so he shouldn't feel bad, you know? <laughs> they should have paid him more, though. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. He should have got the check. I mean, that, that's to me, that's just negotiation. Like, bro, like, we need to – like, I understand you, you were in a position where you were like, all right, am I going to push for bread or am I going to feed my family? But I think, to me, it comes down to negotiation. Like, I feel like, yeah, you need to get the check, but hey, – I'm not, I'm not debating that. But, yo, one other thing I wanted to highlight, um, AD, you actually said this in the text chat. I thought that was super important in Jordan Doc was having an OG in your life to give you guidance, whether it was Gus or Jordan Sr. Um, I thought it was super important that they highlighted uh, older people in Jordan's life who kind of helped give him guidance and, like, um, you know, helped them maneuver through life. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I think, you know, as a man, um, I mean, I'm sure you can, you know, if you identify as a man or born as a man, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I know as a man, um, you do need an OG in your life. And an OG don't necessarily have to be another dude. It can just be another person, period, who can more or less provide guidance in life, right? Like your OG can be literally somebody that's not the same gender as you or somebody who's not even from your same ethnic group or somebody that's not even from your community, but it can be that, that person who can more or less be that advocate and more or less just guide you and keep you grounded, um, you know, when you're like getting through shit, right? In the case of Jordan, like, obviously by the time he met his OG, Gus, I mean, his father had already passed, right? So it's almost like having somebody who can supplement that, that, miss, that void that's missing, right? If nothing else, it's like, okay, 
I can connect with this guy on a human level. I got nothing to do with basketball. And I can do everything great in this game because I'm connecting to this guy in a unique human way. So I think everybody could benefit from having a, a quote unquote OG. Like, you know, after my father died when I was 16, I would say my OG became this guy named Coach Miller uh, down in Atlanta. He was ironically never my coach, but I was in his little high school fraternity, but I, I was not on the wrestling team because he coached the wrestling team. But I still to this day call him coach, even though he's a reverend, he runs an all boys uh, military school. Uh, but to this day, he's still my OG on stuff like that, right? And and I got different OGs in different things. So I got another OG who's a guy named Charlie Palmer, who I get advice about being a black creator, right? And I think we all, like on this call, I mean, on this podcast, um, more or less definitely either have OGs for different aspects of our lives or we can benefit from having them there, right? So I, I think it's vitally important that any man or any person for that matter is is to have somebody who can help you guide you through a lot of shit in life because we all don't know the answers we just don't have the answers you know um yo rose i only got two minutes on this so i was gonna ask are you cool if we log out and log back in just so i could because i don't want to yeah limit for your, sure. uh, your og talk to two minutes Nah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I mean, um, I really didn't have much to say on it. Oh, all right. Well, but, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, then I guess we could wrap it up then, fellas. Uh, yo, <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap. Um, yo, man, I appreciate y'all jumping on, man. And you know, uh, AD, I know, I know you, you got a lot going on in your life. I know everybody got a lot going on in your life, but I appreciate you guys jumping on. All good, brother. Jose, I know you take care of the crib and doing a lot of it. Um. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I, I think there's nothing else to do but sign us, sign us out on that, on that note. Yes, sir. Um, once again, man, Abros, another great, another great experience, man. It's your boy Easy Rose signing out. No soft talk when it comes to telling the truth. Salud, Kings.